Welcome to Six Seasons and a Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. Uh, once again, I'm going to do something different this week. Um, I'm going to continue the conversation that started last week with the Advanced Community Studies group. Um, but this time, I have uh, another friend who I made through some dialogue about that episode. So this is a really um, exciting time for me. I'm kind of um, learning in real time, and uh, but I feel like uh, it's a really good opportunity for us to all to learn. Um, so I had an amazing time um, kind of doing some Twitter DMs, and um, but uh, one of the things that my guest pointed out rightly uh, to me is that we were missing some important voices at the table when we had that conversation. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and introduce her. Uh, my guest this week is Sheree. Welcome to Six Seasons and a Podcast. Thanks for having me, Alex. Um, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thrilled to uh, get connected with you. You, you, you made some thoughts uh, uh, on on one of my tweets, and uh, then we continued a conversation for a while in the DMs, and it was like, we should make this a podcast, because there's some really great things that you're sharing, and um, I'm just a constant learner and wanting to be taught and, and to just expand my uh, my horizons. Um, but why don't we start with, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, awesome. I am primarily a playwright. I, <laughs> I'm the queen of the 10 minutes. I have a couple of full lengths floating. Um, my furthest play has made it to London, England. That's kind of my biggest thing I'll ever brag about because hmm. that's pretty far. Um, I am currently in Indiana. I got a job at IU Bloomington, which has been fun in the theater department as COVID has become a thing we have to take into consideration. I'm also working as director of production for the Regilinette Theater Company, which just started. Um, she's a brilliant playwright. And so, of course, I jumped at the opportunity to work with her again in this capacity. And I'm also <laughs> starting a new podcast after my other ones have sort of like paused because of COVID and moves in life. This one's going to be called Nightmare on Fierce Street. It's with my friend Trent Reese. We've been friends for almost a decade now, and we both have a shared love of horror but we also don't always see ourselves reflected in the best light there me as a black woman and him as a gay man hmm. <laughs> so we're going to dissect our love of something that doesn't really love us hmm. which is sort of <laughs> what we brought us together a little bit in a weird way hmm. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. That illuminates uh, a lot for me. Um, very accomplished. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts then on a different medium, uh, but equally important in the the, the literary sense of, of certainly Dan Harmon's writing of, of uh, some of the bottle episodes and, and, and whatnot. Um, so we have a lot to unpack and I thought, um, you know, I think, why don't we start with um, something that really um, kind of stuck with me was we had a conversation about uh, the D and D episode, uh, but you rightly pointed out that, you know, you weren't a part of that conversation. Why do you, why do you think it's important that we should have more voices at the table? I think, more voices are just better because so many times we're talking about people as if <laughs> they don't exist that's how it comes across even if it's well-intentioned like we were saying i appreciated and agreed with most of that podcast that you all put out last week yeah. but it also just felt weird because people were talking about a thing that like i get no say in and nobody who's even like remotely close to my experience gets a say in because there were no black women mm -hmm. and of course the scene that ended up getting the 
episode pulled did involve a black woman, the brilliant event. And so it just felt like some giant part of this puzzle was missing. And it's a global problem. It's not just like your podcast. Like, yeah. as I pointed out, <laughs> it's yeah. not just like you're the only one silencing <laughs> us. I, I wish it was just one person. It would be so much easier to isolate it and work on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's I, I keep running into this, like whether it's in grad school when people would ask me about my experience as being a black playwright and then some white kid would like step in and explain it. And I'm just like, oh, is that how I feel about that question I was going to answer? Yeah. And so like, <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's kind of infuriating to always be removed from the conversation or forgotten. And sometimes it's in small, minute ways or like pop culture, which I love and always feel left out of. And sometimes it's on a bigger scale. Like, I did not watch this last Dave Chappelle special, but I know that he talked about, like, George Floyd and other men, but he didn't bring up any time for Breonna Taylor. Mm. And so I feel like just as black women specifically, we're always being left out of the room. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm sorry for that. And, um, you know, this is one step that I hope you feel like we're bringing into the conversation because this is... Uh, it's important. It's important to me to know, to be aware of it. I just, I, you know, I don't think I was not aware of it. I think it's just that I, you know, I didn't even, I didn't think about it. And I don't even probably it's, it's more innocuous than that. It's that I don't have a, a sphere that includes many black women. And, you know, that's, it's kind of sad in that just, that's where I live. And, um, uh, you know, I, I'm thankful that we had this 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 moment on the internet that brought us together to have this conversation, so that it'll be shared for thousands of people to to be thinking about this. You know, think about the conversations that you have, and think about. Um, God, I'm, I'm explaining it for you, Jesus. Um, no, but I'm I'm just I'm, I'm <laughs> I think you just described what I shouldn't do or anyway. Um, but you know what I mean? Um, I, you know, you don't, you do know what I mean. <laughs> no, but also that's just part of the unlearning because yeah. like you're receptive to the conversation. And so now you have to like apply it. And we've literally talked as people, not just like people who tweet or retweet each other for what, 30 hours now. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. <laughs> this is still new information and it's yeah. a Monday. And so like it, as long as you're aware of the problem, you can fix it. That's my belief. Yeah. Um, and you're just very open about these things. And so I, I have faith that this is one of the last times you'll do that. And mm -hmm. also the fact that you were able to check that within yourself just now. Yeah. So it's already a conversation you're having with yourself. So, yeah. 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 Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I kind of talk for a, uh, for a hobby and sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud and realizing, yeah, the, the pattern is, <laughs> just explaining for other people um and and that's just that's just uh I, I don't know that's thank you for for walking me through that um yeah i appreciate that thank you for giving me the opportunity to like literally i i i think i told you before we started recording that i basically got a twitter because community kept getting canceled and i loved it <laughs> <laughs> and so i wanted to like join force of people to like tweet and like yeah. keep it up and going which is how i started following like you and so many other community pages i love and still follow mm -hmm. and so like it's just nice as someone who absorbs so much pop culture like i live on pop culture <laughs> yeah. it sustains me but like i'm just 
I don't see people who look like me. And when I do, we're not treated the best ways. And so it's nice to, after all of these decades of like loving something, be invited to talk about something in a public setting. Hmm. Well, glad you're here. So why don't we talk in about the actual episode? Um, and then we'll kind of zoom out to the rest of community because, um, uh, I think that'll, that'll be a good way to, to segue this. Um, so humanity's a bigger problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, so yeah, let's let's dive into the the actual episode. Um, you know, it was pulled off, uh, wasn't really um, promoted or you know publicized why or um, you know I think a lot of people drew the the lines because uh, I don't think there was a, an actual Twitter or uh, a Netflix statement about it. Hulu didn't mm-hmm. make a statement about it. Um, it just kind of happened. Um, and it just happened to coincide with, uh, I think, a day after, uh, or the day it happened the day before. Ken and Joel had one of their live uh, events, and Ken came on and uh, apologized if it would, if, you know, his uh, portrayal of a drow elf uh, offended anyone. Um, so there's two things I think we're going to talk about because you have uh, expressed your nerddom. And um, I think a, a pretty in-depth understanding of perhaps some of the D&D um, uh, mythos that and issues that will help us under, un, unpack why this is probably a little more pro- problematic, uh, at least on a, a nerd level. Um, but mm-hmm. why don't you just give me your overall take on uh, the you know Netflix and, and how it went down for your, your, from your perspective? Um, the Blitz was really, really sudden. I I remember seeing articles about like Tina Fey and other people pulling down offensive episodes they have, and it was literally like a meme that was like no one crickets <laughs> Netflix take down this episode of Community right now, <laughs> and it was like but why who for yeah. I I I personally and like we talked about I'm not a monolith <laughs> yeah. but I personally was not offended by the episode I felt like it was more a dig at D and those other sort of like sections of the patriarchy which were built by these like older cis hetero white men who just weren't considering other people and how things come across mm. way back when and so like i didn't take ken's outfit or makeup as blackface i did appreciate the jokes being made about it to be like look at what you're doing D. do you see yourself yeah. <laughs> um, as someone who has wanted to play D&D forever and is just now getting into it later in life than I thought I would, um, <laughs> I I knew going into it, it was probably going to be a thing I disagreed with, just like anything else that I consume and love. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so opening the books and like seeing, oh, so this character, if they're this way it has to be a product of rape or this person if it's all black must be evil and so i i was hoping to go back and see that episode but of course the two and a half times i've been here before (laughs) (laughs) that's my luck i'll have to like buy the box then so i i I still don't understand the why and the what for netflix would pull it down especially as they advocate movies that are much more harmful the help like, how do you put the help in your Black Lives Matter section? Who is that for? Mm. Um, it's high key offensive to even reach for that in a time like this. Mm. Um, I, 
growing up, I only ever saw black women as maids or slaves hmm. or prostitutes. And I'm just like, well, there's no argument against sex work as far as I'm concerned. It's a job. It's the oldest profession. Let people have that outlet. Make it legal. <laughs> But like I, I like seeing black women not be one of those three things only, mm. especially because like most of them come back around to the magical Negro aspect of things. So I would much rather they pull the help and stop pushing that and other movies like it than pull this episode of Community. It feels like empty allyship. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what um, uh, some of the other guys said as well. Um, yeah it's it's sad to to see and we've um i'm trying to think of something something good to say um <laughs> there's, there's nothing good to say it's because it's it's another issue we have nationally and that like places like netflix or other institutions are putting out empty statements with no timeline and no actionable items and then they'll pull something just because to be like look and it's like no that's literally the wrong thing what? Yeah. <laughs> that no one was no one was talking about that episode no one was like hey no, that was not the conversation i feel like in a lot of ways it was like are we being left out we should do something so we can be included let's go to the community because right now people are talking about it again yeah and there we've we established in the episode previously that there are there's still very problematic things left over in community is I guess they haven't gotten to those episodes yet. Unfortunately, that is a part of TV is that nothing is aging well. As somebody who consumes a lot of TV, I will say community was not aging as badly as some other shows that started after it. <laughs> um, and some shows that went on possibly even after I re remember watching how I met your mother unfold as it sort of devolved and then that last season have the weird situation where all the main characters play like Asian characters which was really offensive mm. and I'm just like how was this greenlit in 2016 mm. <laughs> or 2013 mm -hmm. I can't remember what year it was sure. but I was like this is awful and I'm offended <laughs> on mm. behalf of everyone I know and anyone who had to watch this mm -hmm. and so I feel like while like I, like we keep saying, it's not a show that's going to age the best. But unfortunately, what it's up against is also not aging well. Like, I also watched 30 Rock, but it's hard to go back through that. Um, as much as I love Tina Fey, she does have a couple of problems. Like, if you look at Kimmy Smith, that character Dong came way after Community and other series. Yeah. And so I'm more concerned with what people are putting out now that's like boldly offensive <laughs> than things we've left in the past, if that mm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, should we talk about them? Should we give them warnings? Should we have dialogue? Yes. But should we just like pull it? No. Especially because if you look at us as individuals, we have also grown. I remember probably back when community was starting, I was not a person I would associate with today. <laughs> I was still coming into my own and I was still learning what real feminism looked like because you have like the hand-me-down version, which does not allow for inclusivity. And we grow as people and also creators grow. And so like, if it's something in the past that we can talk about and use as a learning tool, we should be able to do that <laughs> as opposed to having people today who are still writing problematic stereotypes. I think this is just really, really helpful, like things that we like as a white man, you know, very prototypical white dude. Um, 
I'm uh, I we need we need to hear this. Like it just needs to be in our brains and. I'm really loving what you're saying. And I think the next part that I'm going to, it's going to be really helpful is when we let's zoom out now and, and maybe talk about, or is there more stuff that you want to say about the D and D episode? Uh, I also am upset because like you were all saying in the previous podcast hmm. for narrative reasons, because like not only is this like one of the few attempts at like handling mental illness, yeah, in a way that's like approachable and like watchable because so much of it becomes cringy as it gets older just yeah. because nothing ages well um and so that also hurts on a level because it's just like this was a cool mental health episode that i have watched multiple times um when i am sad because community is my blanket show and i know it's coming and i get to like look for like the weird connections between that and the episode in season five correct me if i'm wrong Yep, the, I think it's season five. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. No, I think you're right. Yep. Yeah. And so like those callbacks in that episode are forever lost to people who are streaming it. Hmm. And that also upsets me as a writer and a a person who just is in love with pop culture. Like I, I've always said pop culture is my first love. And if I get married, that person's my second. And <laughs> so like <laughs> for them to take a giant chunk of it out, it just hurts me on a level I can't yeah. even talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So you were saying you agree, you agree with our narr the narrative or that we were yes. kind of saying, yeah, you were saying, yeah, I, I mean that that's where I come into the picture and actually feel like I can dip my toe in, in the, the, um, the conversation of, of having a place and, you know, I've shared my, my diagnoses and where I'm at and, um, it has very, very personal episode and, um, yeah, it, it is disappointing, um, to have that piece lost. Um, you know, it, it's still there for me, but you know, if there's other people who are, I can't as easily say to a friend that I meet, Hey, you sh I, I think you would really appreciate this episode, you know, knowing that they've, they, they too are in, um, going through a depression cycle. Um, yeah, uh, yeah it's it sad. It was the gateway episode for one of my friends. Um, we used to have community parties when I was in grad school hmm. because everything's a reason to drink and watch TV together. <laughs> and like one of my friends came over and he had no idea what community was. He just came over to have a beer and see what the hell we were doing. And we were like, ooh, actually stay for this next episode because it's up your alley. It's Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> and it's like really funny. And I think this is for you. And because of that episode, he stayed and watched some more of our ones we like personally pulled for this yeah. night and then went home and started binging it and so like it's it's one of those episodes where it's pivotal mm -hmm. and like it is a gateway episode for so many people for so many different reasons and also back to narrative so many characters are having moments where they're not in their best light because like we go back and forth on jeff winger yes but this was one of the moments where he gets to be like i made a mistake yeah. i need to do better and so without that, he just sort of, he continues sort of being Jeff Winger for a little bit longer in this particular arc of the season. And I also just hate that because back to people in general, we have bad days. We have things in our past we're not particularly proud of. And so to take that away from a character, but to also boost something like 12 Years a Slave or more of that stuff that Netflix keeps trying to make people watch now when it's not the time, it just feels backwards <laughs> yeah 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 i it's i agree um I, I think jeff's moment um 
it's an example for a lot of us, you know, who have gotten it wrong on how to like make an effort to get it right. And yes. does that make sense? Yes. Like he's, we need more examples. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's a, he's a straight white guy who did something wrong. We need a, a moment of, he got, he, he's fully uh, outed for his, his badness right to Neil's face and yes. everyone gets to sit around the table actually to everyone. Cause really, cause I guess um, the, the point of the story is that really only um, Pierce knew the origin story. And um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, uh, Shirley's response, Jeffrey, you know, is, is it rings <laughs> in my ears of how disappointed she was in, you know, in that you know, innocuous n- nickname he gave Neil. Um, but you have this beautiful story of, of, uh, of Neil, you know, recovering through his own, uh, devices and Jeff getting to be a part of, you know, of that restoration and in a way. So, um, it's great. Great. It's Jeff wasn't the hero of the story, even though it kind of seemed like he might be made that way. He, he wasn't. Like he kind of he kind of centers Neil as the hero, yeah. which is another thing we really need more of in today's pop culture and mm-hmm. life, is like the alpha white male cis hetero older guy being like, "I messed up. Yeah. Let me give this platform to this person, even if it is just for a moment." And it's a beautiful episode when you actually pick it apart. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is still very much of its time. <laughs> um, and as much as we can argue that Dan Harmon is a genius, some of the humor will just like hit people differently, yeah. especially if you're not familiar with the references, yeah. which I happen to be, which is yeah. why I don't pretend to speak for anybody else. <laughs> um, and so like I I love seeing that and seeing that in Jeff because we've been watching him grow as a person and to see it it all sort of click for him in this episode and it's just really beautiful as a character arc and we don't have it anymore unless we find it illegally or buy DVDs and DVD players yeah. <laughs> and it just feels wrong yeah well why don't we zoom out then from that episode because uh I think I would love to know, you know, let's uh, talk in different areas of where do you think community gets it right? What do you think it gets it wrong? I, I feel like part of the reason I was drawn to community, even though I didn't know it until much later in life is because like I said, I love pop culture. I grew up with the TV always on, like we can track any like important milestone in my life by what was happening in the world (laughs) because of our TV. (laughs) And so like finding community when I was actually in community college and starting to navigate my own like weird first friend circles after being severely homeschooled for so long, Mm. it was kind of a blankie. And as I got older, I also realized it was kind of radical in that like, it wasn't just a group of white people, which we almost always exclusively see. Hmm. Like, I love a lot of TV shows, but it's almost exclusively white people. And it's one of the reasons why I referenced Bad Feminist when we were talking in my DMs. (laughs) It's because Roxanne Gay talks about how we love these things that don't really love us, and it's okay. (laughs) And to take what we can from them. And it's, I feel like seeing a vet and like, Donald Glover, who I didn't even know aside from a couple of bits and things on random TV shows at the time, 
Um, and Danny Pudi, who I just spent four years in Chicago and never got to bump into him for any of his shows. I'm mad about it. Yeah. Um, and then like see these people and like also first season Britta, who was a feminist uh, who was not getting it right. And I was starting to understand I wasn't getting it right either. <laughs> and so it's just the first season has a special place in my heart and watching them on their journeys, wherever those journeys go, we can argue about who evolved, who de-evolved, who stayed stagnant on a different date. <laughs> um, but it's just sort of like, it felt like weird. I hate to be that cheesy person, but it did feel like my own friend circle when I turned on the TV and I can always have it to go back to like when things were going wrong this year <laughs> in March. And I was like, Oh, this pandemic is scary. I'm going to put on community again. And I watched it two and a half times. I'm not going to lie to you. This year alone was two and a half times. No judgment. Um, <laughs> yeah. From this, doing this podcast, I've had to watch a whole lot. <laughs> I, it's my go-to show. Sure. I, I will put it on. It's to the point where what I don't like to watch it with new people anymore because I, I pre-laugh. <laughs> and then yeah. it's uncomfortable because it's like, what is she laughing at? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it. I totally understand what you, yeah, you didn't have to define pre-laugh and I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, do you want to dive into, you know, any of the areas that it gets it wrong? I mean, how do you, f how do you feel about, the, uh, I mean, I'll ask specifically, how do you feel about the portrayal of Shirley? I feel like, I feel like unfortunately Shirley was the one who got the least to do. And even if vet is hinted at that yeah. on the darkest timeline, um at the time it didn't really register because like when your friends have kids you see them less but also she's always there so why doesn't she get more story after mm. that last baby <laughs> so mm. that's something i would like for us to fix when we get this movie whenever that will be um yeah. i yeah that was definitely one of them i also want Britta to somehow not completely do a complete backflip into where she used to be but to actually like just like take her own like feminism serious again and mm -hmm. like have her continue that path she was on figuring out she wasn't always right in her activism i would like to follow that through because while i love gillian and i love what they did it was not the same character by the end of it mm -hmm. yeah it was um, someone who kind of gave up yeah. yeah and if that's her journey that's her story i like to see her make that decision to just give up and then like do the me so hungry dance for <laughs> however long she wants to that's her right yeah, <laughs> yeah sure but i just i want my breadcrumbs to that because mm -hmm. she started out so cool <laughs> and i was like i am her i see myself i need to change things and maybe she did too <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah yeah, that makes sense. And uh, a good reminder to the audience uh, that you're a playwright. So, like, you want the breadcrumbs because you, you've defined those uh, so many times yourself. Uh, um, yeah. That's, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I could share uh, with I, I kind of wrote um, a and maybe I can send it to you just so you can laugh at, at it. I actually wrote like the first 20 pages of the new movie. I would love to read that because i you, i have you're like a professional playwright though and so like <laughs> you i why why would i do that what i just thought out loud go wait a second you're just gonna like be, can you be nice to me please no. <laughs> please be kind It'll, you'll be like this this is really shitty alex um yeah, i guess you I can say like that <laughs> we are all so sorry for new community content yeah it would be amazing. Like I would probably help you make a fake trailer for your yeah. fake community movie. Awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
So I, I do have some, uh, you mentioned, um, we've mentioned Shirley and in the movie, in my movie, I can just t- tell you, um, she, uh, starts, a a, a franchise, uh, of, of, uh, it's brownies. Um, and is a successful businesswoman in Atlanta. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, I, I totally see like, and I'll, I'll take a step back for a second. Like, I see a, a lot of uh, in the movie, like we see so many, or in the TV show, like we see so many times that they're, they're falling over themselves. But like that's not, yes. that's not everyone's reality is that they get something right and they get it together at some point. And I feel like that's what I would love to see in the movie is that, you know, Chang gets it right, um, you know, because he's a character that doesn't, they like, play off of it getting it not right and like surely kind of kind of you know she loses her husband again and in the business and it's like you know like but surely kicks ass and she's so she does she's so competent and like she looks over them you know for four and a half seasons five seasons she looks over this group of of idiots and and does it with like grace and it's like you know i'm pretty sure like you know her time outside of this group she gets a uh, stuff done and you know and yeah. she starts this business so that's that's how i project shirley um and uh, and chang the same kind of thing i think you know like he gets some meds he gets some therapy and he you know uh, ken does something wonderful with with that character and um he made that, yeah. that character so lovable yeah. which is not how those characters normally go i can't imagine anybody but can make that character lovable like literally if you look at chang just on paper you're like this is fun but also yeah but when you see ken do it it's magic yeah (laughs) yeah he's he's so great and he's such a kind person in real life and um uh, anyway i could go on about ken jung um but but you brought up to the two people who other person then is um is britta um i think she gives up, but I in my my movie, um, she does stick with becoming um, a uh, psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's a pet psychologist because <laughs> because <laughs> she gets it right. But you like she you know, but she's a pet therapist. You know, like she she has to like still Britta it in a way like that's her. Uh, but you know it serves a purpose in the in the society i guess i i don't know um I love that. yeah so i'll i'll send you the the it's is short because it was like i'm not a, a actual writer and don't worry people who are actually doing writing for a living i'm uh, i just came up with a couple ideas that i thought would be funny um funny situations and 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 also then like real situations of like like it's i've explained about um shirley and chang i i just think like there's a those are a couple characters that the the show didn't do well on um Mm -hmm. because of i think we've we've alluded to probably the representation in the room to write them well Mm -hmm. and um i i don't know in my in my world my universe i i do something that i think makes sense for those characters and and how they should be righted um, so I, I'm still a white guy doing it, but, uh, I, I think I've projected enough, like they should have success stories because they were great people. So, yes. Yeah. And that's all we really want for them because 
at the end of the day, we go back to this because it feels like home. It feels like a group of friends that we are a part of, uh, which is very, very weird. And I won't even unpack that. (laughs) (laughs) And so you want them to succeed. You want like Britta to not be going into debt. You want Annie to like actually find a career path that makes her happy and like deal with her and Jeff's weird relationship that started brewing. And <laughs> and you you just you want them to do well. Yeah. 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 Have you have you done any of that uh, projecting of of you know what the the movie would be like? I so I I'm really awful. I haven't gotten as far as we need Dean Pelton to have at least 30 costume changes in the first half. <laughs> um, yes. Before we talk about anything plot related. That's what I need. Um, just because like Jim Rash is a gift. Yeah. And like I that's another character who if I saw it on paper, I'd be like, what is this? And then you like give it to this actor and it's just like gold. And you can't imagine a world without this character now. Mm-hmm. They are part of the study group. And I, yeah, it's just magic. Certain mm. actors can work wonders with words. Mm. And that's really what writing is. It's writing stuff and hoping you get the right actors. Mm. Don't tell people. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been fortunate enough to have it land where it's just like, oh, my God, that is funny now because this person is talented, not because I did anything. Mm. Um, and I've had it where that person was meeting me on my skill level and I had to just rewrite the whole thing. And so, like, <laughs> it's... It's what it is. And I, they're just like all really, really great. Like people are always like, who's your favorite character? And I, I literally can't choose. I, that was going to be my next question. Darn. (laughs) You can't, well, that's hard. I, I will say that I do love Troy and Abed's relationship the most for reasons that were brought up in the last podcast, mostly. Um, yeah. And it's just interesting to see like two men who are hetero, who are unashamed in love with each other and uh, have this special bond and are willing to like build pillow forts or blanket forts Hmm. or go to war to figure out whose fort is the correct fort and then have bunk beds and like just like share these like imaginary journeys i we need more of that because Hmm. like (laughs) hetero men are just a problem i won't even not a, none taken another problem yeah no it's always literally whenever i'm just like oh what room have i walked into yeah. <laughs> it's just it's refreshing to see it and see mm. that they can have emotions and they can like deal with things and be given time to process like i know we don't talk about season four a lot and i'm not gonna open up that whole can of worms oh, we, but we the can. jim rash I, written I, episode, I love it so you're you're amongst friends if it's if you're gonna say you love it if not i um, don't i but also i feel bad for not loving it because it it kept the show on the air it kept giving me a dose of something even if it wasn't what i was familiar with and knowing more about what megan gans went through before she was given that slot after dan was fired it's all very tricky and murky right and so like all of my feelings i used to have about it i have definitely shifted and instead of me just being angry, it's happening to me. I'm just like, I'm happy it kept us on the air. I'm <laughs> I'm happy that like Megan got to do that and then move on to other things where she gets to have more control. And it's less of this is somebody else's book. Go figure it out. Mm-hmm. Because Dan Harmon has a very specific writing style. Like it's why we keep giving him our money and we keep going back to all his projects. <laughs> um, and so it's hard to emulate that. It's one of those times where you need the creator to be the showrunner or it's not going to work. Hmm. And so that's not her fault. Um, but also 
one of the episodes, which I was going to take us back to with the Jim Rash written one where they do the Freaky Friday situation. Yeah. And I, one of the things I love about the episode is because like we get to see Troy do this thing to, like out of like having these emotions, having this conversation because he's going to be an adult. And that is something that like a lot of us are always trying to dance around is that I don't want to have this adult conversation. I don't want this conflict. And to see it like expressed by like a black hetero man on TV, which we never get. It's always mm. like, this is your stereotype. Please check this box. Go be angry. Mm. Don't have emotions. Don't show weakness. Don't show softness. Don't talk about your feelings. And so it was kind of, it was, I don't know if Jim meant it to be a little bit revolutionary or what, but it kind of was. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I, I uh, went back and watched that episode because I remembered eh, being okay with it, most like most of season four, but I went back yeah. and l l watched it again, and it is really, um, uh, yeah, pretty amazing um, as it stands out in season four. Um yeah, but that's, I that's hate really it helpful. less every time I revisit it. It's noticeably different, and like most of the cast will even allude to it being different. But at the same time, it's kind of what kept it on, so it could like reboot itself, which was an amazing reboot. Like I will talk all night about season five. The fact that you can just like slip back into your old job <laughs> and <laughs> reboot your own show, yeah. and it works. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Yeah. And um, how do you feel about um, and then Troy's exit? And and I, th I really like the the growing up moment that he has. And, and like, I think I in the co uh, cooperative polygraphy, uh, I, I just uh, the transformation that you can kind of see is like, no, I'm I'm the hero and I'm, you know, I have this hero in my heart that. Uh, I, I'm, you know, this man who, who I'm going to be, I, I don't know. I think I, I like this, the, uh, that transformation that he has very, very quick, but, um, I mean, it's problematic that a old white man is like giving it to him. So, um, <laughs> maybe unpack that for me. Maybe I just no. did, but, uh, what, what do you I, think? I, I really, really loved it, especially because like Pierce was just this racist old white man yeah. who, apparently at the end of his life finally did something 100% right <laughs> um, <laughs> which I mean it's a different redemption arc it's not yeah. I hope more people figured out whether they're alive but like it's a redemption arc nonetheless mm -hmm. um, and so it also just sort of like as much as I was sad to see him leave and as much as I cried about it and I still cry a little bit when I rewatch that especially when Danny goes into the lava <laughs> yeah. um, I, I appreciate the closing of that arc and I would, I would argue a little bit that he might be the one that gets the best closure on the things that kept getting started because we kept having those moments of him and Jeff sort of butting heads mm -hmm. in this trying to be the alpha situation. And so it was kind of nice to be like, I don't need to be the alpha here. I need to like go be an adult somewhere else and find my own space. Mm -hmm. uh, so I kind of really loved that. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree for the same reasons, um, and it's really, uh, really great. I I said in the previous episode that I've always been like, oh, Troy and Abed, it's it's so juvenile in ways, and you know that's me getting older, and like, uh, but but I I do love um, Troy's evolution uh, as a character, 
uh, throughout yeah. the season from like alpha male like jock through just totally like becoming his own uh, man um, you know b- boy I don't know th- something <laughs> when he when he's with Troy and Abed and then yeah. and then he gets his closure at the end of, of like no I'm gonna go be uh, well he ends up being childish Gambino uh, in real right? life uh, and and ruling the world because he's the most talented dude ever so uh, oh my god like i my sister got us tickets to see him in chicago when i lived there oh wow and i think a part of me is still in the united arena Mm. (laughs) i was just like what do i do with my life now and my eyes have seen it all Mm. and (laughs) yeah um so you talked about your uh that you can't really nail down one character can you nail down you know like can you give me a top five episodes to just kind of round out our conversation (laughs) to to give us like you know who who you are um based on you know like five episodes i this i'm in like multiple threads where i can't make these decisions and i was like maybe if i put the top 50 yeah but like what i will do meaningful just ones. to run it out yeah is i will say the paintball arc makes me happy because mm. you also see the growth through the paintball because like you have the one they do and it's just like oh yeah this was fun and then you see them come back to it and they're a little bit more mature it's a nice two-parter mm-hmm. um, um and like that's also fun and then you see them like revisited in season six and it's just like no we have to stop doing this and mm. it's like much more sophisticated there's like black tie yeah. clothing <laughs> um the humor is even a little bit different and it's i appreciate tracking their growth through the paintball if that makes mm. sense yeah no it does um, yeah you did miss there is a season four uh, paintball it doesn't get credited um, for for much of a, of a paintball episode, but <laughs> I mean that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> every every story needs a low point, I suppose, right? I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. Nothing can be flawless. Right. What? <laughs> one appreciated if it is. <laughs> cool. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to to talk through? I I don't think so. I talked for so long. I feel so bad about that. No, 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 I am no, no, just no, a rambler by nature. No, no, no. <laughs> you you said wonderful things that um I wanted to give you a chance to say because uh, you deserve it, and you're right. And um, uh, it it was it's special f- to me to f- be a part of that and the correction of to say, hey, well, what about these voices? And like, oh yeah what about these voices um let's stop anything else that i'm doing i I had another pod episode i could have put out um but i wanted to uh to i I don't know just make it make it right in 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 one way or another just to say hey um you were so uh wonderful to in to talk to you i said oh i i can trust you to come on and and (laughs) and, um and for us to make a a great uh episode together and it has been so i I hope you've had fun thank you again for that that never happens literally i live eat breathe sleep pop culture and Mm -hmm. i'm always tweeting at things and tweet about how this could be skewed this way or that could be a little bit Mm -hmm. different and i usually just get ignored because that's what you can do on social media so thank you for not only like seeing that but also reaching out to just be like true story (laughs) should we talk about this and like what are your thoughts that never happens i i am now 34 years old as i remembered finally this year (laughs) and i have never felt Mm. heard in this way regarding anything pop culture especially because 
most of the things I love are just inherently belonging to cis hetero white men. They feel like Doctor Who. I stopped talking to any Doctor Who group page, what have you, because it always comes down to you don't know anything. You're just a woman, mm-hmm. <laughs> or nobody asked you. And it's just mm-hmm. like, where did this come from? All I said was, I liked the new Tardis. Why are we going after me for my mm-hmm. gender and my weight now? Mm-hmm. What happened? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That's, um, but uh, we can look at um, the positives in life, um, and we can look at the the good things. And uh, like I said, I, I hope you had a good time. Um, it's been a pleasure talking with you, Sheree, on Sixties and a Podcast. Thanks for being with us. Thank you.